Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig with details. Episode 226, Save Smarter, Not Harder. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are bringing you part three in our Radical Middle Method series. We are pleased to be bringing this into conclusion, into fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Because no one wants to be here for more than three things. Absolutely not. That's all we have energy for. Done. Done. Can't count higher than that. Absolutely. Shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have mm-hmm. to. No, you should so. be able to get it done in three steps. And and we've done it and it's radical, but it's also just the middle. And that's why the last part is save smarter, not harder. Because when you choose efficiency over quantity or magnitude, it creates a much more sustainable frugality. And that's what we're all about. We're not about doing the most. We're about doing the best. Mm-hmm. And this episode can certainly be listened to on its own, but also feel free to check out parts one and two that came before this for a full picture of the radical middle method and be mm-hmm. able to implement and find the freedom and flexibility for what your own financial plan is going to look like. Absolutely. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Spending Symposium Audio Flash Sale. Pew, 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 pew. Prices are still rising and it's becoming increasingly difficult to plan and stick to a budget. So that's why we held the spending symposium last month where we had 20 experts teaching you their tips for spending less and saving better. And while the full access pass is no longer available, we do want to give you one more opportunity to get the MP3 versions of all of our expert interviews from this year's summit And wait for it. We're also throwing in last year's summit as well. So that's almost 40 interviews, 39 to be exact, that you've never heard on the show. It's been completely separate from the podcast. So if you need more help controlling your spending, check it out. We're only offering this audio bundle for a week. So go to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash audio to listen to every session. We'll see every session and then purchase it and then listen to every session. Nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> so if you are as geeked out about efficiency as we are. Here are a few episodes to queue up after this. Episode 100, how to maintain 100% effort on your financial journey. 100% I think is kind of a joke, but it's a lot about motivation. And then episode 181, how to identify and improve spending habits. Uh, Because this section of the Radical Middle Method is all about being able to stick to the financial plan that you just created based off the dream life that you just envisioned. So this is the natural progression because I I don't know about you, Jill, but I am a planner. And we've talked about this on the show before. I used to have a problem with buying planners. Like I'd just buy a lot of planners and I wouldn't use all. I don't know why I would buy so many. I only needed one. And when I realized that I was writing the same thing in multiple planners, I that was when my problem was solved for me. But I am a planner and I'm not always the best executor. So mm-hmm. this is why I'm so passionate about this portion of the method, because We include psychology and efficiency and productivity methods to help you stick to the the plan that you've created. Yeah, and I think it's a recognition that we are whole people. No part of our personhood is disconnected from the other. And so being able to recognize all of the things that go into saving, spending, decision-making, even relationships that play a massive part in our saving and spending, whether it's going out with people or managing finances with a partner or within a family, there's so many layers and levels. So I think we we do ourselves an injustice if we act like our finances are this separate part of who we are rather than a intertwined component of who we are. So I think this whole radical middle method is recognizing all of that. And certainly as we talk about this final piece of saving and investing and how to stick with it, it's certainly an ongoing recognition of what are the components of ourselves that we need to recognize, particularly how we make a plan and how we stick to it and how we make decisions and how we make decisions that are going to be beneficial to us. What what needs to stay and what needs to go and how can we create longevity in Yeah. And all those questions are really the reason why we created the Frugal Friends Club, which is our membership where we have this video series and we do monthly challenges in there to create space to one, create motivation uh, that is fresh every month, but also space to ask those questions, to get a third party, to get outside, uh, you know, advice or input or experience from people on the same path as you who are also working on improving uh, their frugality and their money so that you have a safe space to share and get input. Uh, so that's the whole reason behind why we came up with this method and and why we created the Frugal Friends Club. But So let's get into how to save smarter, not harder, with our first article, which is from the American Psychological Association, um, and it's called Willpower, Finances, and Spending. What did you think of this one, Jill? 
Oh, I love it. Anytime we can blend mental health with a financial <laughs> understanding is a beautiful blend for me. Yes. Uh, and APA brings back so many great memories for me from my college oh, wow. days. Uh, APA has their own versions of way, ways you need to write research papers and cite articles. So, you know, this is there's there's some good and bad throwback here, but they are a great uh, organization and, and re, yeah, finding all sorts of articles on a variety of topics from them is fantastic. But I love how they talk about willpower specifically. And I think it's similar to what we've discussed many times on this podcast is decision fatigue. I think decision fatigue is connected to our willpower, which is just our capacity to take in and respond to various stimuli that are happening in our environment, whether emotional, mental, relational, spiritual, physical, you name it. The ability to maintain our values, the things that are important to us, what we say we want to do, we do have capacity when it comes to willpower. And that's one of the things that they highlight most. And if we can understand this concept, it can be really helpful for us in sticking to our financial plan, in saving smarter, not harder, in setting up some things that are going to be helpful for us long term. And they describe willpower kind of like a muscle that can certainly be exercised and stretched and built and grown, but it can also become exhausted as well. And sometimes as we overexert our willpower or we expect too much of our decision-making abilities back to back to back to back, we can get worn down. I think a lot of people can commiserate with this and can understand of, all right, I reached my limit with whatever it is, because I think our willpower isn't just connected to one aspect of who we are. We could exhaust willpower in parenting and then it translate over to not not making the best financial decisions because we've already had to make a ton of other decisions and our willpower is worn down. So like willpower across the board, and then how does that impact various other aspects? So I think there's not like some magic thing that we can do with this, but recognizing that it's there and setting ourselves up for as much success in the areas that we want to see success in is going to be great. So that's that's a little bit of my summary and personal take on how they're describing willpower. But how did how did this strike you, Jen? I very much of the same. I loved this one study that they cited in here. And I'll just read it from the article. People who are constantly faced with tough financial decisions, such as those who are less financially stable, most readily deplete their willpower. So one study suggested that shoppers with less money who often use more willpower than richer shoppers because they face more frequent and difficult spending decisions uh, are less like to, likely to resist consuming food and drink while shopping. Therefore, it appears that having to devote willpower to different difficult spending decisions can deplete willpower in other areas. And so we see this a lot with people who are um, struggling financially, living around the poverty line. And it's hard. Your Every spending decision you make is a tough decision. Whereas if you are more financially stable, the same decisions are, are inconveniences at, at worst. So 
you do end up spending more the less you have. That's a phenomenon that you you often don't understand why you're doing it. It's like, if mm. I have so little money, why do I always spend it? Well, this is very likely the case, is that your willpower is being depleted earlier uh, and more rapidly than somebody who is fi- more financially secure. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we need to remain stuck in that place. It's important to acknowledge that there just might be more difficulties and barriers for someone where there are more difficult decisions to be made. It is more depleting. But recognizing that then can help empower us to be able to respond rather than to become victim to that unknowingly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, Jen, like, why is this happening to me? And so there are things that can be done. And I appreciate some of the lists that this article gave to us, that there are ways that we can respond and recognize our capacity with with willpower and the way that we can care for ourselves well here. And one of those ways, as it relates to finances, is to space out financial decisions wherever possible. And I know, Jen, you talk about this all the time, focusing on one thing. This article supports that idea. Make one decision at a time. But not only that, if you are able to space them out, not back to back to back to back, I'm making financial decision after tough financial decision after tough financial decision. I think there's going to be some creativity and problem solving and individualization that needs to happen in light of this tip. It's not going to look the same for every person, but whatever you can do, some of that might be automation. Some of that might be planning ahead. I don't know what it will be for each one of us, but whatever we can implement so that our financial decisions can be spaced out and we can approach them one at a time to avoid some of that depletion of willpower. Yeah. And this does take some putting on the calendar because everybody has these unpredictably busy seasons, but there are a lot of predictable uh, seasons where we make a lot of decisions. So around the holidays, like November, December is not the time to be making big financial decisions, even though everybody wants to do that in December to prepare for January. And that's why most New Year's resolutions only last three weeks. Uh, So end of the school year, beginning of the school year, if you have children. So just looking at your calendar and what areas you can predict will be busier And then schedule time in the not as busy seasons to reevaluate your finances, reevaluate your strategy, reevaluate that one page financial plan, because that's Mm -hmm. when you're going to make the best decisions, because sometimes that comes with tough decisions, tough conversations. There's usually whenever you reevaluate, there's some kind of tough conversation that comes up either with yourself or with your partner or with your family. So this is the time to put that toughness on your plate, not when you have a bunch of other things going on. I so appreciate what you're highlighting here, Jen, to not make our big, important financial decisions during really stressful times of life. We're usually not going to make the best decision. It's usually going to be rushed or have 
crazy levels of anxiety or urgency to them that are not necessary. And so even paying attention to what time of day do you think best at? If for you, is it the morning? Is it the early evening? Is it late at night? For most people, it's going to be the morning. Usually you're going to make your best, le- least stressed decisions in the morning. For females, it's even worth considering time of the month. This has been an incredible tool that I've been able to extend to clients where we just don't think about it. Many of us have been adults for ages, but what is what is, what is the cycle like? And recognizing when you're at your best for making large decisions. So there, there's a lot of things that we want to take into consideration, but certainly not doing this when we're super stressed. Yeah. So that is for big decisions. But what about tiny decisions, the day-to-day decisions? So their next recommendation is to track your spending. And I would say do this even before you start a budget. Don't everybody says jump on the budget immediately. The budget is a lifesaver. And yeah, budgets make a big difference in how you reach your financial plan. But if that's a big barrier, if you've budgeted before and it's been hard and you're prone to strict budgeting, stop, try something new. Track your spending for 30 days. Literally every transaction every day in a notebook, in one of these tiny, you know, two by four or four by six inch notebooks that you can carry with you wherever. Track your spending every every penny every day. And that will tell you a lot about your spending that your budget won't. Because your budget tells you what you could be doing. Tracking your spending tells you what you are doing. And it's not meant to guilt you. It's just meant to wake you up. And sometimes the wake-up call can be more powerful than the guilt that a budget can give you. The next tip is to save automatically. You have heard us talk about this over Mm -hmm. and over again, and we're just not going to stop talking about it. When we can eliminate some of these even smaller decisions, all the better for our willpower. Put it on auto in the background. Let it be running like the fridge all the time, keeping our stuff cold. Set up a bank or an investment account that withdraws money automatically from your paycheck. There are plenty. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every investment account out there will allow you to invest automatically. Pretty much every bank account out there will allow you to save automatically. So doing this is going to be super helpful to not have to add to that, should I save this month? Oh, I got to remember to do this. I have to go into my computer and and move money around. Just have it happen automatically, even if it's a small amount, then we don't even have to think about it. And and we're already making a good decision for ourselves that we only had to make that decision one time. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is for renters is the rent payment. Not every landlord does automatic um, rent payments. So if you are one of those, uh, check into see if your landlord uh, wants to switch to uh, something called Stessa, S-T-E-S-S-A. It's a software where your landlord can um, accept rent payments from you and you can set up automatic payments. So that's one less thing you have to think of every month, but it's a big Mm. thing. Mm -hmm. So that I I think is the big, everything can be automated now. There's Mm -hmm. everything. And that's really Mm -hmm. the biggest thing I think that I've seen people not automate. 
but that's one option. The next on this list is my absolute favorite. It's my favorite one on the list. It's avoid temptation. It's just stay away. Put a physical barrier between you and the store, the route. If you are passing by the store on a route, take a different route. Take the apps off your phone. Like we go onto podcasts and they're like, what's your best tip for saving money? And we're like, it's not sexy. It's avoidance. It's (laughs) staying away from the places that you tend to spend impulsively or out of character or or whatever. Yeah. Just don't go. But but replace it with something because anytime we take something away and we don't replace it with something new, we are going to feel super deprived. And that's not the goal of this. We want to live full, enjoyable lives as much as possible. But if this isn't serving you, if you're spending money, it's not actually beneficial for you or your wallet, then a change needs to be made. But that doesn't mean just a removal, only a subtraction. Sometimes it can mean the addition of other things, hanging out with people, doing free things, exploring in ways that aren't going to cost money. There's there's always something else that can be done that is going to be more beneficial for you. So finding those things, picking up an, even a new activity that is low cost or no cost can be a really fun part of this process. And then last that they list on here is ask for support. And we also love this one as well. If you haven't heard us already or picked up on this reality, we love community. And we think that community is one of the most important components to longevity on this journey of whatever your goals are financially and just in life. Like We need other people. We need reciprocity in relationships to know and be known and where you can find people who are going to value you, value your goals, be supportive of them. And we know not everybody is. Sometimes you need to keep them in your life. Sometimes you can create some separation there, but definitely adding in some of those people who are going to be supportive to you, who are going to be the ones that you can call up and are so down to do something free instead of spending money or something that's expensive. The people who are going to ask you, hey, how's this going? Or how can I help? And that can be found in person, hopefully, and online. I know it's something that we've created with the with frugal friends and with our membership. So that that's fantastic. And we have seen people grow leaps and bounds, myself included, I have made so many massive strides in my finances that I know, for sure, I would not have done without others around me even pointing me towards things that I don't know, I just don't know what I don't know. And Mm -hmm. that comes from community and support. And of course, the article gives their plug for psychologists. You know, it's it's APA. It's the American Psychology Association. So they're going to talk about their people and how you should see a psychologist, which that's fine. I I definitely support mental health and pursuing growth in our mental health. If you think that a counselor or a therapist would be helpful for you, absolutely. Particularly when it comes to decision-making and some of our behaviors, there's there's always root causes to it. And a psychologist, a counselor, a therapist can help you dig into that. So if you've tried all of these different things and you're listening to the podcast and you're reading the books and you keep coming up against barriers, 
there could be some mindset shifts that a counselor would be able to help you with, whether it's a task-centered approach or cognitive behavioral therapy or just general talk therapy. It can be helpful. Uh, Not everybody needs it all the time. And the hope with counseling is that we utilize that as a resource as we need. Uh, But it is not meant to be a lifetime experience where you are dependent on a relationship with a counselor. So that's my little plug. Yes, use it if you need it. But don't, yeah, don't, don't feel like this has to be a part of your life long term either. Yeah. Thank you for that, Jill. This is, I mean, the willpower and the decision fatigue aspects of daily life are really why we we invest so much time on the show to everything we talk about kind of has this um, this theme in the background for us because it's something that is not talked about as widely. The tips are a lot of make extra money, invest, eat beans and rice, but like not a lot on the willpower and maybe the root causes for why we feel um, uh, the way we do about our finances, which also inhibits some of our willpower and, and contributes to decision fatigue. And I think the two things that we focus most on to preserve willpower are building habits and then also simplifying because the more physical and mental clutter you have, the worse your spending decisions are. Uh, so we in in the Frugal Friends Club focus a lot on building healthy habits, breaking limiting habits, and then also um internal and external motivators, and then all the things around how can we make better decisions. But that's only half of the save smarter, not harder way of life. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com. 
I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. I guess this could be the not harder half, but it's essentially using the 80-20 principle to save more with less effort. And so our next article is from Money the Simple Way, uh, Big Wins the Simple Way, the 80-20 Approach to Saving Money. Jill, how familiar with the the 80-20 principle are you? Very familiar. I think a lot of various sects talk about the Pareto principle, the Mm -hmm. 80-20. It is something that can be applied to the corporate world, to our personal finances. It's, It's not specific to any one category. It's just this idea that 20% of our efforts often produce 80% of the outcome, the 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 production, the the product, whatever that product may be. And so applying it to personal finance is just a new way of looking at it. And then again, using it as a tool. I think so much of what we're about to go over in this article, none of it's shocking, but it is, or even brand new, but it is a new way to look at it or a different mm-hmm. way to look at it. I think that's what we're doing with this podcast in a lot of ways is what are the different factors? assets, what's going to work for the variety of people who tune in for ourselves. And as our situations grow and change, like we are not static individuals, you and I or our listeners, like we're dynamic, we're we're changing, we're shifting. And so sometimes a mindset that used to work for us isn't working anymore. We need to implement something new. So we're just looking at all the different facets of this really cool diamond and trying to figure out, hey, does this work? Does this work? At the core of it, it's all going to be the same, being wise stewards of our resources. But what's the best way for our minds to engage in that? And, and some tangible tips along the way. But that's how this struck me of, oh, we can use the Pareto principle for thinking about saving better, spending less. Yeah. I mean, 20% of our episodes will provide you 80% of your results, but we're not going to tell you which 20% of them they are. You're just going to have to listen to 100%. (laughs) But it is, I mean, it's crazy how accurate the rule of thumb is across all industries and everywhere and even like getting down to the nitty gritty like 80 so 20 percent the way that um pareto came up with the 80 20 rule is that 20 percent of landowners owned 80 percent of the land and then he broke it down again of those 20 percent there was 20 percent of those who owned 80 percent of that land and then broke it down again and saw that 20 percent of those owned 80 percent of that land so it is something that is normal and it's good and it's okay. And the, the further we get away from 80-20 and closer maybe to 90-10 is when we should 
get worried, but we're not here to talk about that right now. Let's talk about the 80-20 of our spending. So um, the author finds that there is the vital few of frugality. So he he went to a 2019 consumer expenditure survey to get where most Americans have their household spending and found that 32.8% of it's on housing, 17% is on transportation, 13% is on food, 11% is on personal insurance and pensions, and then we, we get lower as we go down. Um, and he said that you'll notice that the spending doesn't fit exactly into the 80-20 rule out of 17 categories. The top three to four should represent about 20%, and they represent <laughs> the top three categories only represent 63% of the total, and the top four about 74%. So he says it's not ironclad. Um, it's just general. So, but that just goes like to show focusing on that you can focus on these top four and get big results, and you don't even have to pay attention to the other ones until you get the top four under control. You can totally forget about your lattes while you're working on lowering your housing. You can totally forget about uh, your your clothes budget while you're working on your food budget or your transportation. There's per- That's how we choose the one thing to focus on. We start with the biggest and then we just go down. We don't have to work on everything at the same time. Mm, permission. I love this quote that they that he mentions in here. If you want big wins, focus on the vital few instead of the trivial many. Mm. And that's what you're talking about there. We love to get caught up in the coffee budget. But really, what if we got caught up in the housing, transportation, food part of the budget? That's where we're going to see the big wins is when we focus on the vital few. And I also appreciate how the author recognized that everyone's top three or four expenditures is not going to be the same. For him, it wasn't. As a family of five, he said his food budget was actually higher monthly than his mortgage was, which is insane, but it also sounds like they got a great deal on their housing costs. So it is worth doing a what they call Pareto analysis of your own budget, listing out your annual spending. You're going to have the best results results if you're able to look at a full calendar year of spending and list that all out into categories. Certainly, if you already use a certain type of app that could help you with this, then the job is a little bit easier for you. And if you're a person like Jen who just likes to write things out like in her planner, then then maybe this will be a fun exercise. But really dig into what are the top three or four expenditures for you so that you know where are you going to see the biggest impact on the vital few instead of the trivial many. But for most of us, it is going to be housing, transportation, and food. And so the article goes into some more just few tips on how could we experience some decreased costs, some savings in each of these big, massive categories. Yes. So we will not dive into these 
in this episode. These are actually um, all challenges that we have done or are, are going to do in the Frugal Friends Club. Uh, the most recent one was the House Savings Hunters Challenge, uh, where we looked for ways to like decrease our housing, to, you know, everything in that category. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, so when they talk about like mortgage or rent, uh, definitely shopping around is the first, you know, thing that they say we got our uh, and it's not always l- like this anymore. I would say that if you haven't s- you just listen to our housing market episode, you'll get it. Uh, it's harder to shop around, but that means it's more important. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it just makes Mm -hmm. it even more important. I love the example that they gave in the article. If you are going to shop around for your computer and take time to shop around for a new computer, how much more so should you be shopping around and taking your time with a purchase like a house Mm -hmm. or finding an apartment? I know not all of us have the luxury of time on our side, but wherever possible, it will pay off in the long run to feel really good about the decision that we're making and for it to be within our means. Yeah. When we interviewed um, Mindy Jensen and Scott from Bigger Pockets, they said, don't rush a home purchase. And the author here says the process for him to buy his house took nine months mm-hmm. to find the right deal. And it, I mean, I am pretty sure it's for most people going to take around the same time right now. Mm-hmm. So stick to your guns, wait it out, be patient. And as far as transportation goes, you know, considering can you come go down to one vehicle? Has your employment situation shifted? Are you working from home or are you able to work from home or are you able to even look for a job that provides you remote opportunities so that you could go down to one one vehicle and be driving less? Are there public transportation alternatives? Are there just ways to think outside the box related to your transportation costs? And then, of course, with food, this is a big one. And I would say go back into our archive and look at all of the different episodes on food. But you know what it's going to be is eating out less. And of course, (laughs) there's so many different tips around how we can do that. One of the things I will highlight, because this felt a little bit new to me in reading this article, was encouraging us to master five to 10 recipes that we really enjoy and putting those on rotation and or keeping them in the freezer for some crazy busy weeks or nights. And I know we've talked about freezer meals before and we've talked about meal planning, but I don't think we've ever talked about it in the sense of what's the food you really enjoy. So you're actually going to look forward to doing that and you know how to cook it. So mm-hmm. not not getting so overwhelmed like I have to come up with a new recipe every week to keep variety. Just find five to 10 recipes you really enjoy, master how to cook that, hone in on your cooking skills and put them on rotation with some other simple meals. Maybe the five to 10 are a little bit more complicated, but you know, you're always going to have those ingredients on hand and you know, you're going to enjoy it. I really like that tip. I think it was a new way to kind of look at food. Yeah, that's a great tip is just give yourself a goal for the year to master 10 recipes or start with five, five recipes uh, over the next year that you're going to just make on repeat, you know, once a week. And then you're making, you know, one recipe every five weeks. So it's not 
getting too much that you get tired of it, but enough that you're making it so that you remember it and can learn it and can make it their staples and mm. you can make it uh, like the author says, uh, his wife has a dish that she's made so much she said she can make it in her sleep. That's amazing. For me, it's chicken piccata. I love Ooh. chicken piccata. Cannot get over capers. I love capers. Oh, capers are so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely, it's a it's a beans and rice with a packet of the, um, oh, what's that? It's the, it's the Adobo? Uh, yeah, maybe. It comes in a packet. It's orange. Mm -hmm. And I throw some like frozen veggies in there and I will recreate Pollo Tropical essentially and mm. I'll create my own curry mustard. That's a whole other thing too. If you're craving takeout, the internet has a plethora of mm -hmm. recipes that can replicate whatever it is that you are craving. So that mm -hmm. might even be something to consider mastering those recipes. What do you normally gravitate towards when you go out to a restaurant? Master that thing. Uh, for Eric, it's French fries. He loves French fries. And I have actually made some French... Actually, you were here, Jen. I made French <laughs> fries in my air fryer that he loved. That night when we had steak together... Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, Those we didn't get to hear fries. the love. Yeah, because we had to go record. But no. Oh my gosh. Work, work, Those work, were good work, fries. Work. <laughs> they were good fries. You know what else is good? And speaking of work, <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the bill, bill of the week. <laughs> time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hi, frugal friends. My name is Jen and I discovered you all last year and I love your podcast and appreciate all of the fun and levity that you bring to finance. I was really lacking that before I found you guys. Uh, my bill of the week comes from Christmas Eve. After listening to your podcast with Mrs. Frugal Woods, I joined a couple of my local buy nothing groups on Facebook. We don't have a TV, and I thought that it would be so fun to get one for our kids uh, for Christmas, but I didn't want to spend extra money. So I put it out there on the Buy Nothing groups, and on Christmas Eve, I got a message from someone that they, in fact, had a perfectly working free TV for me to pick up. So we went and got it, wrapped it up, and put a note on it that it was from Santa and our kids opened it on Christmas morning and they loved it. So that is my bill of the week. Thank you so much for all that you do. Oh my gosh, Jen. First of all, great name. Second of all, no TV. You are a hero. You're a hero. <laughs> so many. That That's amazing. I love that lifestyle. Uh, but also... 
I'm so thrilled to hear that you found a local buy nothing group and that they were able to provide you with something special, something that you wanted, but it wasn't valuable enough to you to have to spend money on it. And it sounds like your bill of the week is not spending any bills on a gift for your kids. And what a good idea of a way to utilize your buy nothing group around Christmas time. I don't know if you sent this in around Christmas time. So sorry. We are so backed up. But we're still celebrating with you. Yeah, going to two episodes a week is half for you and half for us to get through this backlog of bills. (laughs) We're like, we need to do double the episodes because we're so behind. And that is why. Keep sending in your bills because that's why maybe we'll, depending on how many you send in, maybe we'll go to more. Who knows? That's amazing. And for anyone listening, if you want to join a buy nothing group, look it up. There's so many. Again, reciprocity and community. It's a give and take. You offer things up for free. You are able to receive things for free. It's fantastic. And also, if you want to submit your bill of the week, whether it has to do with not spending bills or spending bills or a person named bill or multiple bills, if you know many, many bills, oh, that'd be so amazing. If you're in a bill society (gasps) for Bill Murray's. Yes. Visit <laughs> frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H- M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now it's time for... So today's lightning round, which is the 80% of our show. Mm. (laughs) We do 20% of work, but (laughs) it's 80% value. Yes. No, the bill of the week is the 80% that people (laughs) tuned in for, I have learned. We got a message the other day. I don't know if it was like on on 
Instagram or in an email, but someone had listened to some of the first few episodes and they were like, uh, hey, new listener listening to uh, some of the first episodes, just want to know if you're still doing the bill of the week. And I was like, every single episode. But I couldn't tell. There was no response to that. It was definitely on Instagram. There was no response. And I couldn't tell. Is she asking because she doesn't want to hear this anymore? And she's like, if they say yes, I'm done. Or if she wanted to send in a bill. And so I never got the answer. Mm. We may never know. We may never know. But I'm going to assume it's because she loved it. Right. That's safe to assume. Yeah. That's go the safe you. route. So, thank all you. right, John, you go first on this r- round of vulnerability. What is your best 80-20 savings tip? Absolutely. Uh, so we have always been... So I'm going to choose housing. And I have always been a big proponent for house hacking, which is it's essentially buying... so. Traditionally, when it first started, it was instead of um, buying like your dream home for your first home, your first home is a duplex or a triplex, and you live in one part and you rent out the other um, side, and it essentially covers most of your mortgage so that you can just save up your money and then go buy your dream home or another rental property to do the house hack again, whatever you want. So we didn't know about house hacking when we bought our first house. And by the time we did, it was impossible to get duplexes in St. Pete. There was, is impossible. So what we did was when we found out about it, we rented out our guest room on Airbnb and it worked fabulously. Uh, So people have definitely heard me talk about this. We did it for several years. Uh, We were booked out all the time. And it was just our guest room and our guest bathroom. And we shared the other spaces in the house, except um, we didn't share my office or our bedroom. Uh, and, And nobody really took us up on the sharing the rest of the house. Pretty much people who rent a shared room on Airbnb are just there for a place to sleep. They're not there for a place to hang, uh, which was convenient for us. Uh, But we got to meet so many cool people. It was the best house hack I think we could have ever done. And it pretty much almost covered our mortgage um, every month that we did it. And um, now we are kind of house hacking. We bought a large house and we're going to make part of it a, a midterm rental, like for snowbirds. And uh, we are renting out the original house that we lived in. And so that once we get the renovation on this midterm rental done, then between that and the other house, the income should cover both mortgages. And so that is my best, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's excellent. It is requiring a lot of work up front. Mm -hmm. Depending on your situation, that could be the case. But once you put in that initial effort, it can get to a point of 20% effort for 80% return. 
Yeah. I mean, the guest room was very effortless. And yeah. we lived in a in an area that it was good for, like 15 minutes from the beach, 15 minutes from a bunch of different universities. Uh, so we lived in a good area for it. But um, it was very effortless mm-hmm. for, for that. This one, a lot of effort. Don't recommend it up front. Yeah. But the guest room thing was so easy. Yeah. For me, when it as it relates to 80-20, I think this is what I do with each category. So the biggest expenses. So if we were to look at housing, transportation, and food, I would agree that for me, I'm 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 a basic person where those are probably the, the biggest expenditures for me. And applying the 80-20 rule to each of those categories, like breaking it down smaller and smaller. So what is the top amount of money that I'm spending within food, within transportation, and how can I I decrease that, like the big wins, the the vital few rather than the, the small amount. So I'm not cutting out gum. But recently, oh, Jen, this is actually going to be news to you too. Ooh. Uh, and it may break your heart a little bit. But it's a good thing. We have, well, we've definitely significantly cut out eating out. And I have found ways to really enjoy eating at home. Sometimes it means doing a random meal kit delivery just to keep me going in my eating at home efforts. But I've really enjoyed that, which I never would have thought. It's been a trained muscle. But we also have made a drastic cut in our alcohol consumption. Like we got to a point where we thought (laughs) every time we go out, like it's fun to be able to get a drink with our meal. And we are realizing that by not doing that, it significantly decreases the amount of money we spend even when we go out. And what's amazing about it is we're not missing it. (laughs) Like we can replace it with other enjoyable things. I can have like a little piece of chocolate waiting for me when I get home. And that's like just the treat that I need because it's not even about like getting a drink. It's about having something that feels like a treat. But when I'm getting a treat every single time, then it takes away the enjoyment of it. Mm -hmm. I never growing up up. I never got soda or a lemonade or an iced tea. I always did water. So I'm like, what happened to us that suddenly we're getting a drink out every time we go out? So really scaling back in that regard has helped us phenomenally with with the food, with transportation. We cut back to one vehicle. We've been a one vehicle family now for two years, which is amazing. And that works for us because we work from home. Sometimes it stinks when our car needs to go in for repairs, but that's very minimal and we work around it. In the long run, it's saving us a lot of money. And as far as housing, you've heard all of the housing things that we've done. But one thing I don't think I've ever mentioned on this podcast before is when we were renting, before we did the tiny home, before we had a home that we could make an Airbnb in, when we looked for apartments, we did not have a ton of money. And so one of the ways that we got what we wanted at an inexpensive price was looking at very inexpensive rentals. I know that's really, it's harder to come by, but considering looking at places that you wouldn't normally consider, like if you're the type of person who would primarily go like apartment complex, consider looking for some smaller apartment situations that might not be as nice and working out a deal of being able to fix it up, do a few minor repairs or painting with the landlord 
hard to be able to make it what you like. So that was one of the things that we did on multiple occasions was renovating an apartment to be more what we wanted, but maintaining the lower rent. Of course, I recognize that may or may not be available to people or as readily available now, but I don't think I've ever discussed that on this podcast when we were in a rental and not an owning situation. So anything really that's going to be thinking outside the box and looking at these heavy hitter categories is going to make the biggest dent in our finances. Yeah, I think that's a great, if you are handy, even like partially, because a a landlord isn't going to want you to do major renovations, but if you can paint, if you can replace a few fixtures, very simple things, then you look at the cost of handymen, look at like do an analysis of what it would cost them to fix up their property and what they can charge extra for rent if they do fix up their property and create a deal or propose a deal where it's like over the next year, I will fix this up to this. You'll give me this discount on rent. So they save or, you know, maybe they don't save as much than as hand, doing handyman, but they know the work is going to get done. And they don't have to disrupt any tenants or give any, you know, additional discounts or have the thing vacant for a month while they do the renovations. They know you will do it. And then you're like, you will give me this price for one year or two years, and then I'll move out and you can Mm -hmm. jack up the Some of the benefit is what they'll be able to make off of it once you leave. Our landlord was able to charge $400 a month extra after we left because mm-hmm. of the work that we did on the place. So yeah, it's there. It can be a win-win. Yeah. Make it, if you sit, tell them that they are going to make money off of giving you a discount because you can tell them the things that you can do, et cetera, then yeah, it's a great strategy. Uh, so I hope that you've gleaned some wisdom from this um, and yeah, from this whole Radical Middle Method series, uh, honestly. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, in our private community, you know that we are sharing the wins of our members and, and they've all lived out the Radical Middle Method, watched the video series, they're doing the challenges and they're getting results. Not even not, I mean, Yes, the most active members, but even like newer members and even members that are just there when they can be and gone when they're not. So we wanted to shout out one of our members, Wendy. Uh, she said, I paid off my Target card the other day and it feels so good. Um, and then she had another win that I wanted to like couple up in here that she posted like a several days later. She said... Thanks to last night's group and the challenge checklist, we do not have to buy a new dishwasher yet. Uh, My husband and I didn't know there was a filter to clean. (laughs) LOL. That was during our House Hunters challenge that I mentioned earlier. Uh, She says, now to fix the dryer. Oh, it's so amazing. Congratulations, Wendy. That's a primetime example of we don't know what we don't know. And when we Mm -hmm. find support and we find community and we're able to learn from one another, we can save a ton of money and we can learn ways to earn more as well. So when we can combine that saving and increasing our earnings, sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. And we here for you. So congrats, Wendy. 
Yeah. So thanks for listening. If you want to check out our monthly challenge community, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to see what challenge we're doing next. Uh, You'll get access to the full Radical Middle Method video series and a group of really cool people. Mm. See you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jillian, why did you think that I would be upset with you not getting as much alcohol at restaurants? I don't even go out, Jill. I, I don't know. Leave, well, I don't go out to restaurants. Because also the reality is, is that I'm also drinking less at home. It's just like across the board. We decided we're doing we're doing a hard left turn. I mean, we weren't like we weren't drinking an insane amount where it was like affecting our lives or like our lives. But we also did get ourselves into a rhythm where it kind of just became part of a routine where many nights Mm -hmm. we were, you know, having a cocktail before dinner or a glass of wine with dinner. Not not normally both, but like I would say four or five days a week we were having a drink and And we realized, why are we doing this? Because we would only have a drink. So it did nothing for us other than to put Mm -hmm. like some toxic substance in our body and make us feel more lethargic the next day. I think it just felt like coming, going in. I I think a lot of it became a part of the pandemic lifestyle of we're home. There's not much to do. We can't really go out. Uh, we, We don't work from home. We live at work. And how do we create breaks in our day? And that was one of the ways that we created a break in our day or felt like we were able to enjoy something together. I think we always associated like a nice cocktail with a nice experience. Mm -hmm. And that's not the only way to have a nice experience. But for whatever, (laughs) for whatever happened, we just kind of like got in this rhythm and it just became a part of routine. And I think we finally are at this point of, yeah, but life's not the same anymore. And we're enjoying things and this isn't doing anything for us. And already, I think we're like two weeks into this decision. And we are feeling so good. <laughs> like, what? We feel like so much better and we're not missing it. And yeah. we're finding things to replace it with. And turns out all of our friends are on board. It also had to do with having people in town, hosting people so much. Everyone's on vacation. So every time they come in, it's like they, they're, they're on vacation. So yeah, I would love to have a cocktail at night and we're with them and we want to partake with them. But being able to tell people, Oh, yeah, like we're cutting back a bit. They're like, oh, great. Awesome. We don't need that either. Or they can partake and we don't need to. Like it doesn't, it's not mutually exclusive. We don't all have to do the same things all together. Yeah. Just taking time to just ask questions and question what you're doing and saying like, hey, this was great then in a season, but is it great now? And it can still be good without being great. And it doesn't have to mean deprivation either. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like that pendulum, it swings in so many directions. It doesn't mean that now it's all bad and I have to cut it all out. Just Mm -hmm. greater degrees of finding the radical middle. And I actually think that it has created more freedom and permission that I don't feel locked into this routine of, oh, well, I'm just like used to pouring a glass of wine with dinner. Now it can be, no, pay attention. Do I actually want that? 
And if it yeah. sounds good to me, great. If it doesn't, I don't have to. <laughs> like, just because it's yeah, available, just because I have it in my house doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to drink it all up. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Uh, you are my go-to home bar, but I um, <laughs> I accept you and I see you and I still you love are you. welcome. Like that's the <laughs> thing too. Like have at the case of wine my mother-in-law sent. I don't and I don't. We don't have to. Yeah, whatever someone <laughs> else wants to do and sounds good to them doesn't mean that I have to do it too. And Perfect. It also means that whenever it does sound good to me, I can also enjoy that. Great. Yeah, freedom, permission in every category of life. Woo! Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising elevated.